take their time anyway, don't they? Well, I've been here for years. It's eons, it feels. It's so foresty around here, isn't it? Yeah. There seems to be nothing else but woods. You take for granted what Ireland used to be like before. All these... Well, will I read a story and figure out who's coming here? Who is coming? And why are we here? Why, who are you? I think we've been here since the Afterlife episode, honestly. Are we dead? I think so. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, anyway, here's a story from uh, Greta Smith that I found on the ground. She's not alive yet, but no, we're going to read this. <laughs> She's not alive yet. Uh, long ago, before St. Patrick came to Ireland, there were many different races in our country, such as the Partholonians, Fjörbog, and Shooted the Danon. This last race, but not least, we are told from the legends of long ago, are accountable for our fairy forts, which are dotted all over our country. These forts must have been put up in times of feuds for protection, as every fort has its two rings or ditches and a deep rampart across. Collector Greta Smith, address Derry Lahan, County Cavan, informant Mr. Kevin Patrick Smith. Hello! Hello! And welcome back to the Pish Rogues Podcast. Woo boy! Hello there, Aaron. Hi, Luke. How are you getting on, man? You know what it is. It's folklore, it's mythology, it's history. It's the fo- it's, it's all this Irish stuff you never hear about because all you hear about is the diddly diddlies and the leprechauns, and we ain't about that. We ain't about it, but you'll probably see a leprechaun. <laughs> it definitely soon. be a leprechaun episode <laughs> when we're scraping the barrel. Uh, there's something like 500 stories on leprechauns on Dukas. Let's read every single right now, one of them. <laughs> let's go. Uh, today we're doing a very dense topic that we promised to you in the last episode. It's yes. the book of, well, I think we're signaling on the book of invasions, but uh, it's it's our supposed forefathers, our ancestors that came to the island, I suppose. Yeah. Um, the book of the taking of Ireland, Leborgabala era. God damn, thank you for pronouncing that. There for you me. go, man. <laughs> in new in like our modern day Irish, it would be called Lower Gawala Aaron or Lower Gawala Aaron. How was it pronounced in the old one? I think see I think it was Lebor. L E B O R. Mm-hmm. Yes. Lower Lebor Gabala. And how do they pronounce that in In where? America. In America. I'm sorry. <laughs> I hope there was not one I don't think any Americans ever arrived here before our ever. our proto Indo Europeans got here. No, but uh yeah, it's very interesting. Uh we need to we're gonna have to talk shop a little bit beforehand. Uh nobody take this account of of Irish history too seriously. No as in with a pinch of salt, no. perhaps. And if you've listened to previous episodes, you've heard us mention groups like the Fear Bog, the Milesians and the Two Day Danon. We've mentioned those and we haven't really given them any context. So this is kind of the context episode where we let you know who all these peoples were, where they kind of fit into the taking of Ireland. Were they real? Were they not real? Are they just Christianized versions of groups that actually came to Ireland? Yes, all of the above. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, you'll definitely hear us talking about them more and more densely in other episodes. This is like our um, crash course in, in... Irish the early timeline yeah exactly supposedly it runs through from the what is it the creation of the world as far as the middle ages which is about the 5th century AD <laughs> so we have a lot of time to jump lots over of time here. to cover and we got about 10 minutes let's go <laughs> I'm joking uh, me and Aaron have been trapped here on the island of Ireland pre-colonization 
pre-colonization, we I was here when it split off the continent, and uh, <laughs> then I arrived. Still here, <laughs> chilling late. out. There's a few big bears, Irish brown bears. They're running around. Here. A few doarku, <laughs> doarku riding them around, pukas. But yeah, so uh, without further ado or a don't, there's a great uh, little quote that uh, Thomas F. O'Reilly yeah. he kind of. He frames this book as to what it really was. So, just to clarify it, it's called Lebor Gabala Aaron, which in Irish literally means the book of the taking of Ireland, but we know it in English as the book of invasions. It's a collection of poems and prose written by Irish poets around the 11th century AD, mm. but these poets and these poets were Christian or yeah. of Christian descent or had that sort of goal in mind because druids did not like writing things down it no seems. it was all stories <laughs> um, but yeah people say that the purpose of it was threefold it was firstly to unite the population by obliterating the memory of previous and different ethnic groups secondly to weaken the influence of pre-Christian pagan religions by converting their gods into mere mortals and thirdly to manufacture pedigrees into which the various dynastic groups could conveniently be fitted so you're yeah. going to see some re- you might hear certain things as we go on and there'll be relation you know noah and bartholomew from the bible so you'll know yourself what you want to take as as oh this is just christian yeah. and i can injection. tell you that a lot of these peoples existed before there ever was a bible and there ever was a christianity because a lot of this we're here a lot of this <laughs> is set bc a lot of it is set bc we're going to tell you how the book says things happened mm. but you'll easily be able to see yourself where the little nuggets of perhaps truth original slash not truth slash what they their vision they wanted to portray to us so the purpose of this book with uh, the Christian regard was to fit Ireland into the Christian world chronology it's so like to fit us into how are we connected to Adam so that's how they kind of fit Ireland in as this new land that all these biblical people discover so get rid of the bible and there's definitely people coming from europe slash more eastern yeah. places like mongolia ish nowadays kazakhstan area that's where our people spread through europe and got to ireland that's the real kind of version of it and another cool word we learned for your word banks at home this is, is a good one you you hemorrhism yeah thank you uh, is an approach to the interpretation of mythology in which mythological accounts are presumed to have originated from real historic events or personages. The Changeling, yeah. great yeah. example of it, based on some sort of reality, but then it's been extrapolated into fantastical. Yeah. That's kind of what this all is. So that's what this book is. It's you, you, what would you call it? You humoristic, mm-hmm. but it's also a syncretism, which we talked about last time or one of the previous times, which is taking an already existing history and changing it and tweaking it to be Christian. So that's what this book is. So, without further ado, will we welcome, welcome to Ireland, the very first contestant. Who is that coming in that boat? To take over the world, I mean, the world of Ireland. It's Césaire. I thought it was Cassir, man. <laughs> probably is. It's Cassir. That's what the pronunciation says it's in the wiki anyway. It's Caesar. <laughs> I think it's Cassir. Yeah, well, Let's go. <laughs> So Kassir, who is she? Uh, Kassir was the first to come to Ireland. So According to this book. According to this book, of yeah. Uh, she was a woman, which is great. Good honour. We don't hear that, that the first person on Ireland was, was a... No. Was a woman. But uh, <laughs> she led her followers, three times 50 women of art and skill, along with her father, Bith, uh, which sounds a lot like birth. 
I think there's something to be... Yeah, supposedly it was derived from Proto-Celtic Bitu, which means the world life, or world, or age. So there uh, you go. Her brother was there, and her husband. So mm. namely, what was... It, is it 50... Wi- or three times 50? Is it, does it mean 150 women? It does, but doesn't it say, as usual, that three ships set out, but two were lost at sea? So actually, only 50 of the women arrived, and three of the men. That's, there you go. Yeah. So they decided that these 53 people, that's enough to colonize a land <laughs> that's all you need we only need three three men, men and loads of women um, the land welcomed them which is beautiful yes and uh, new rivers and lakes burst forth and uh, Césaire and her people cleared away a new plain to live on uh, but they did not live long in Ireland though some say their end came with the flood and others say they faded away uh, for want of men to give the women children there came a day when only one person was left. But we'll get to that a little later. Uh, I want to talk about them. Um, I find it uh, very interesting that... Um, actually, we haven't got to it yet. But supposedly <laughs> Fintan oh. was exhausted from trying to populate Ireland. Because it was just him and his 16-17 wives. So he ran away. And that's when the flood came and wiped them all out. There's two men. I was going to add... That's what I wanted to bring up. Did they... Did they... I, was I, am I right in saying when I was researching this that some people think they came on the flood? Oh, I didn't and see some, that. All right. And some, no. That's interesting. They surfed in. Whoa! That's probably how I was imagining it. <laughs> um, so I like this idea. If we remember back to our old history and geography, Ireland was nothing but dense oak forest. It was an island just covered in woods, mountains, lakes and rivers. So I like how when these people arrive, it always seems as if these land, these rivers are bursting forth before yeah. them and flowing around the place. Welcome, populate us! Yes, exactly. So these people, when they arrive on Ireland, all the peoples we mentioned here, they all have to actively take part in deforestation to make land that you can <laughs> actually live on. the whole yes, island. exactly. Um, yeah, they set out on three ships, as you said, and they came in to Bantry Bay. Uh, well, to only one of the ships made it. Oh, yeah. Who knows what happened? The Kraken. The Kraken. The crack was had. No. (laughs) (laughs) They got lost. Kraken was had. Um, Ship broke. Yeah, Fintan was... What were the... Fintan, Bith and Ladra are the three men. They're the three men. So Fintan... Bith is Kassir's father. Fintan is Kassir's husband and Ladra was the captain of the ship. He was just there. Yeah. He was just happened to be on the right <laughs> ship at the right time. <laughs> Take fifty wives. Yeah, here. ridiculous. Uh, so yeah, the each uh, the women are split evenly among the men. Each also takes one as his wife. So yeah, a bit takes someone called Barfind, and Ladra takes Alba. Uh, you may think, oh, mm. Alba isn't that the old poetic word for the UK? Albion. Mm-hmm. So it is, and uh, this is where some of that uh, sort of pseudo history stuff comes into it, because um, a lot of the women in some of the stories are said to be named after, which I find quite funny. Like one of them's called German. One's called Espa, which yeah. is Spain. Gothiam after the Goths. Um, Trage so after the Thracians. Essentially, whoever wrote this transporting the contents of Europe. Into one island. Yeah, just for the sake of the story. They're like, all these women represent each country and they're all going to populate Ireland. It is ridiculous. This story, this is definitely the most ridiculous of all the stories. The the peoples who invaded Ireland or took Ireland. Uh, So yeah, when the... the, Oh yeah, yeah, I want to list all of Finton's wives. We might as well, because it's such a... It's a mouthful. So it's the only one that has all of the wives listed, is it? So there's... Yeah. yeah. I just... Another note, I find it funny that they said... 
each man had 17 women and they only took one wife so it was like as if yeah. you had one wife and the rest of the women were just there to populate the yeah. country man this part of the story is ridiculous <laughs> it's ridiculous uh, so this is Finton's uh, uh, parade of women Cesare we can say Kassir or Cesare say man Kassir is better uh, she sounds like a pop singer's name. I don't know why. For me, I just Kassir. Uh Lot, Luam, Mal, Mar, Frochar, Fimar, Febel, Foral. Isn't this interesting, guys? <laughs> Kipir, Kipir Torian, Tamal, Tam, Abba. Whoa. Ala. Wait. Uh, I didn't know Abba was here. Quando, <laughs> 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 quando. Is that them? Uh, that's not them. Quando, quando, quando. That's not my mother. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me when you will be mine. <laughs> After 15 of my other wives. Abba. That's right. Pretty good. Uh, Bechne and Sil. He married Ebliu later. Why? His, son, his only son was Elon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elon, yeah. Like Elon heard. Pipes, I guess. No, they're, they're very old, uh, like rough names, yeah. I guess. I, 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 since we've started this pod, I'm very interested if I ever did have a child to name them some sort of backward Irish name at this point. I hope I wouldn't call it. I definitely call my child something Irish, but hopefully not something backward. Backward, Irish. Which, the old Irish for toilet. Anyway, yeah. So his wives and children were drowned when the flood arrived, uh, mm. but he he survived in the form of a salmon. So this is kind of when it gets cool. Uh, so Finton's flying around as a sa- salmon. Uh, remaining, remaining a year under the waters in a cave called Finton's Grave, which is near Loch Derg. Yeah, so supposedly he retreated into this cave before the flood happened, as I mentioned before, because oh, he, he was, was exhausted from making children. Let me turn into a salmon real quick. Wrecked from it. Yeah. Sick of it. <laughs> 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 Tell me when will be <laughs> um, And then he turns into a hawk. Uh, and then back to human. I think there's some debate over how many animals he can. He can transform into animals, and he essentially becomes this kind of a seer, as someone who lives on the land for a very, very long time and sees all the history of what happens. And he kind of, what would you call him, an advisor to certain rulers that come here and such, a repository of all knowledge of Ireland and all history. That's beautiful. Uh, he lived for fifth. Uh, 5,500 years after the deluge, after the flood, uh, becoming an advisor to the kings of Ireland. But we won't get ahead of ourselves. So essentially, as all these different uh, people come after uh, Kassair, um, mm. Finton will be around in different animal forms, still avoiding his several wives, even after the grave. Yeah. So the way I would take this story, if we were to get rid of the ridiculous elements, I think it was <laughs> a peoples who came to Ireland but didn't really prosper. Didn't really prosper. They kind of died mm. out. They didn't make it as far. They didn't like completely populate. They didn't take over as much as they would this have liked. This was the first to. stab at Ireland. Yeah, this is like let's tr- <laughs> let that country over there. Let's give it a we, go. We gave it a good try. Yeah, and they <laughs> will bring more men next time and yeah, women maybe. And they didn't. They didn't survive. And supposedly Ireland is then uninhabited for three hundred years. So Kassir and her people are dead and Luke and I have got 300 years to wait until the next people come. Finton's away, he's scared of us, but don't worry, we're not going to. Finton, he's looking tasty, but we won't eat him, he's don't worry, <laughs> don't worry. As wise as he looks. <laughs> uh, Aaron, I've picked up a little piece of paper from the future. Nice. Uh, which has words that the Irish... Words. Uh, words, yeah. 
which what? has words on it. Uh, <laughs> no. So, uh, yeah, this is just a little document of words that were once popular in Ireland. Some of them are still around. Some but, of them uh, I still hear these. Uh, mias. Do you know what that is, Aaron? No, what is a mias? I have no mias of them. I have no estimation Interesting. of Interesting. I actually I like have that. heard that one, a mias. I, yeah, like, is, I like that. Of you can't guess anything about him. You've no opinion of him, I guess, or anything uh, like that. Yeah. What other, uh, might need help with this pronunciation, Ramesh? Yeah, no, Ramesh, man. Ramesh. You've heard that one. I've That's a load of Ramesh, one. like a load of rubbish, a load of shite. I haven't heard that one, no. Ramesh. Yeah, nonsense, yeah, yeah. nonsense talk. I yeah. do like, um, where's the Egypt one? Um, a bukhawk. A bukhawk, yeah. Yeah, you big buckhawk. It's derogatory, this is, so I don't know how insulting it was at the time. I'm sure not. It's a very harsh word, buckhawk. Oh. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it also sounds like that. <laughs> That's when I was looking at some of the words on this list. Uh, there was all there was ways to call animals, and I didn't recognize another one, but you know, mm. the one for chicken has still you st- stood strung. It's like... Oh, chuk, that's chuk. interesting. They spell it T I O C T I O C. Yeah, chuk, yeah. Chuk, chuk. That's and I great. I remember doing that as a kid. We have here Katog, man. Are you Katog? I'm a, le- I'm a Katog, yeah. I'm a Katog as well. Whoa! You know, we're the descendant of the devil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the next traveller to Ireland. <laughs> no. Uh, we'll need to tell us a few devil stories again. Remember those back in the first. Let's get the episode. devil in here. He'll but be back eventually. We'll have to stop that now because I see our oh. next challenger approaching from the shores. It's. Partholon! Yay, Yay! Welcome! Kind of like the last one. <laughs> kind of like the last one. Probably non-existent or very Christianized. Um. <laughs> so Partholon is a descendant of Noah through Magog. Of course. So Can I tell you an interesting fact about Magog? I was about to ask who is Magog. So, so yes, I don't know who God Magog is. But <laughs> in secondary school... Um, in my first secondary school, when we were in first and third year, the um, we had two enough people in my year for two classes, and they were called Gog and Magog. Oh. I never knew the origin, but supposedly there was two warrior statues in some place somewhere. One was called Gog, and one was called Magog. That's very then until then until what that's probably 10 years ago now I had never seen the name Magog <laughs> until this, this day today <laughs> here he is <laughs> finally so I assume Magog was just the son of Noah uh, who then had Partholon uh, there you go Partholon comes from Bartholomew Bartholomew and he's likely an invention of the Christian writers possibly being borrowed from a character of the of that name in the Christian histories of St. Jerome and Isidore. 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 It's a cool name, isn't it? It is. Uh, it says that Partlon came from Greece and was the son of Syrah. Oh, not me. Ma- oh, ah. Uh, who was himself a descendant of Magog. Yeah. There we go. There seems to be a lot of, like, he was a son of him, who was also yeah. the son of him, and then the I son feel like of that him, must he be was o- the then. whole of the Old Testament is just, mm. and he was the son of he yeah. was the um, son of Japheth, who was the son of Noah. Anyway, Partlon and his people sailed to Ireland via Sicily nice. and Iberia arriving 300 or 312 years after the flood and landing at Inbersken. Inbersken, which, which I looked into, it doesn't exist anymore, but it is just meant to be kind of the Bay of Kinmare or the opening of the water in Kinmare. Beautiful. Um, I like that all the destinations, you'll see as it goes on, uh, that the first peoples arrived in are either Kerry, Kerry or, or Donegal. Yeah. How the f*** did they end up up there? Par- Excuse me, I did not curse there. There's yeah. a, there was a weird bleep sound there. And Leitrim, weirdly. We'll get to that, though. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. Um, yeah, so they came anyway, and they had a, 
Uh, they didn't make a good go of it. Uh, Paris Lanover was with his wife Delgnat. I'm sure you pronounce that in a more Pretty beautiful name. way. Yeah. Delgnat. Delgnat. <laughs> <laughs> um, from Bergine. No, I'm joking. Uh, there are three sons: Slanga, Rud. I shouldn't be pronouncing. Rudriga and Laglina. Beautiful. Uh, the sons' wives: Nerba, Chichba, Kichba, or. Kikba Karapanad and, and a thousand followers so they came with a good few more people uh, they all got there did they they all got there so there's around 9,000 of them in total and uh, they arrive uh, and mysteriously they die of a plague in a single week eventually see this is I don't believe Do in this, this part of this lie it happens near Tala they only they only <laughs> The Tala infected them and they couldn't survive anymore. Yeah, they weren't so ready. I don't believe that they all died of a plague in a single week, but the reason they were meant to have died from a plague in a single week is before Partholone left, he killed his parents, both of them. In something before that's he called left Parricide. <gasps> so Parricide is the killing of a parent. Patricide is the killing of your father and, and matricide is a mother so parasite uh, is either or no kind of gender assigned I'll kill you both what? Mm, yeah. he killed them both and, and then just headed to Ireland headed to Ireland to get away see the new land so yes once Partholon arrives in Ireland again after the um, Cassiers people they had only cleared one plane there was three lakes and nine rivers but when he arrived he cleared four more planes <sighs> Seven more lakes burst from the ground. Thank you, Parthalon. I love it, man. I would love to walk to somewhere where I know no one's ever been and all of a sudden a lake just explodes out of the ground in front of me. River Rock. <laughs> it's going to be incredible. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're credited, apparently, uh, name figures are credited with having introduced cattle husbandry, ploughing, cooking, dwellings, trade, and dividing the island into four parts. There we so go. So a little bit of work was done here, whereas in, in Cassier's time, it was kind of just... They were just settled there doing yeah. their wee bits. Um, they also got to meet, this is the first time we've mentioned probably on the show. The Fomorians. Which are shrouded in mystery. They, in we don't head. know what they are. So sometimes they're talking about the sea raiders who lived off the kind of west, northwest coast of Ireland. Yeah, and they're also, you know, they can, they're more or less seen, when you look at it on, on the internet, a lot of people put the Fomorians and the Jute de uh, to it yeah, as sort of reminiscent of the Greek, like the gods and the evil yeah. gods or whatever. So modern scholars believe the Fumerians were a group of deities who represent the harmful or destructive powers of nature, personifications of chaos, darkness, death, blight, and drought. So to me, I think these Fumerians were just ferocious warriors and fighters who constantly tried to lay claim to Ireland but never succeeded, but were barbaric and like. Monstrous. Yeah. Maybe not actual monsters, but monstrous. Uh, and yeah, they had a wee battle. Uh, they were led... The Fumerians were defeated by the Partholonians uh, in this one battle. It was led by a guy called Chikal Grickinkos. Of course. If you're related to him, let us know. There you go. Um, and That was called the Battle of Magiha, which was the first battle fought in Ireland. So. And this was a magical battle, and in it, no one was killed. Which is bizarre. So they were just taking lumps out of each other. This bit I added in because I thought it was funny. I don't know how true it is. But yeah, it says the warriors faced each other in the power, in the stance of power, standing on one leg with one arm behind the back and one eye closed. This was the way to access the powers of the other world. So I guess they fought in the other world. I'd say there was an actual battle that happened. Rather than people, people actually closing their eyes and yeah. jumping, hopping on one foot. Power stancing. Who decides who? Uh, 
Uh, yeah. Whoever falls last is, is the winner. <laughs> Fintan, Fintan made himself known after he bit the Fermorians, after the lads, the Parthelonians did. Fintan came out said, well, I've been a salmon and a hawk for multiple years. A lot of years, about 300. I'm here to chat to you. So they cleared some plains together, started agriculture and set legal precedents. So they prospered together at that time. Um, uh, but the Parthelons uh, curse, the curse from killing, killing his parents uh, in Greece. Caught up with them at last, and all his descendants were wiped out by a plague, leaving Finton alone once more, which is sad. There we go. Uh, so, my inter before we get into this last little oh. ridiculous story, <laughs> my interpretation of that would have been another peoples came to Ireland, more of them, and they actually did succeed in clearing out a lot of Ireland and settling and things. But I think they kind of squabbled between each other, were fighting other foreign mm. armies, and kind of began to die off again. Just So the first ones you think Kisser would have been more hunter-gatherer, while these were the first I wouldn't even get into of, all that stuff. Oh. I wouldn't even go near all that stuff. I wouldn't touch that. wouldn't even touch that. But yeah, these people did bring in the animal husbandry, so they started kind of farming and such. Uh, so this is a gas story. <laughs> this story gonna... is ridiculous. Um, once, while Parthlon was out touring his domain, Delgnash seduced a servant named Topa. Afterwards, they drank from Parthlon's ale, which could only be accessed through a golden tube. Nice. Parthlon discovered the affair when he drank his ale and recognised the taste of Delgnash and Topa's mouths. So you know what that means. <laughs> the tube. Parthlon knows tastes of mouths. And also the fact he knew Topa. Topaz's mouth. Yeah, no one mm. ever brings that up. In anger, he killed Delgnat's dog and he killed Topa. Poor Topa. Poor Topa, he got the raw end <laughs> yeah, of that yeah. dude. <laughs> uh, but Delgnat was uh, unrepentant and insisted that Partholon was to blame. This is where it gets bad. <laughs> As leaving them alone together was like leaving honey before a woman, milk before a cat, edged tools before a craftsman, or meat before a child, and expecting them not to take advantage. This is recorded. She's dead right by. This is recorded <laughs> as the first case of adultery and the first jealousy in Ireland. It's so gas. The first jealousy in Ireland. It's ridiculous. The golden tube to me is also gas. That do you have a look? Is it like a hamster? I imagine thing? a man to be he he on his throne. There's a golden tube about mouth height where he can just turn over and suck on it. But this tube is like winding. It's like kilometers yeah. long, all around the tower, way down into the ground. Yeah. He's big old cauldron. And then he licks it and goes, Topa. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Topa, yeah. as you know, has named uh, after Topaz those garages. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as Jordan, we all know. That's uh, not true. No, so one, one the, interesting thing is that the island, uh, Inish Samara, Inish Samara, is, yeah. is named after Delgnat's dog. And that's a private island up in Donegal somewhere. Damn. So if you ever... Do you know the, if the man who owns that island is uh, listening? Can we visit? Can we have a suck on the golden tube? <laughs> is the golden tube available? <laughs> yeah, is it still pumping? <laughs> you still taste hope on it? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know if there's anything to say about the annals of the four... All right, don't <laughs> <laughs> the annals of the four masters. <laughs> That's good. Okay. So these people of Partholone died out or didn't really prosper in Ireland, but one survived. Oh yeah. A seer named Tuan. He so. became a storehouse of Irish knowledge and history and lived across gener generations in different forms. 
So sounds a little similar to Sounds uh, like Finton. <laughs> I like Finton. I don't know. Who I it. prefer Tuin. I like the name Tuin. Man, the name T- Finton has been tainted by that video. Fenton! Yeah, I can't unsee anything else when I hear the name Finton. I don't know about. I had a Finton in my year, great lad, but um, it, it's always a, it's always a cheeky lad in my head. I don't know why. Finton. Yeah. Well, that dog was that cheeky. dog was che- very yeah. cheeky. <laughs> but yeah, two in essentially same guy, Finton. Yeah. These are uh, kind of an all. If you know Mimir from the Norse mythology, he's like this very wise uh-huh. character who never really kind of takes part too much. He's more of an advisor who constantly survives with his knowledge and gains knowledge by surviving. Do you know who this is all a lot like? Mm. Bram. Bram. Is that his name? Stark from. Bram Stark. It's Bram, isn't it? Yeah. Bram or Bram? Bram Flakes. Yeah. Except he's cooler. Brambunculus Stark. <laughs> As the full name goes. <laughs> yeah, but um, next next challenger we'll head on to. So Luke and I have got a 30-year wait now. So I'm just going to kick this rock around for 30 years, man. Is there anything on that piece of paper? Any more names me, or words on that bit of paper you got? Um, Why'd you put it away? Well, I've got 30 yeah. years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, how long? Would, out of interest, did they ever say how long? So some say Partalon was there. Partalon was there for a week and died of a plague. Others say That's he was big. there for about 300 years. His people's... Like uh, he that. died He died fairly soon after he arrived. But his people's kind of existed on the island but didn't like madly flourish. Uh, but were here all the same. So, foostering is a word. Fooster. And it means going about a piece of work clumsily, doing nothing in particular, incompetent. Fooster. Man, so I've, I've heard of... of isn't malafooster a word? Oh. Malafoostering. Maybe it just comes from the same thing. Malafooster sounds like a beautiful <laughs> sunny island somewhere. <laughs> Come with me to Malafooster. <laughs> Drink out of coconuts. Um, Interesting. Uh, Foostering. I like that one. Like and that. another one before it. I might need help with the pronunciation now, but Megin. Megin. Finger of old glove used as a cover for cut finger. A I Megin. Like that. That's cool. So you I got like a little glove on your finger? Yeah. And now I think I see someone bellowing across the horizon it's ooh what's that smell Nemeth it's Nemeth whoa I can taste the golden tube anywhere <laughs> so another 30 years go by Luke and I have just been reading words for 30 years <laughs> and here comes Nemeth what a man where is he from again He's guess what a descendant of Noah from Magog whoa who would have guessed that why did they all- oh cause Gog would be the other one that's why they have to imply so, through Magog I will mention when we mention all these descendants of Noah through Magog these people were all from sort of the Kazakhstan-ish area that sort of east just east of Europe that's where all these peoples kind of originated from and came from before they came to Ireland. So, Nemeth set out from the Caspian Sea in 44 ships, but after a year and a half of sailing, the only ship to reach Ireland was Nemeth's. Man, these people have a harsh time with the seas. <laughs> it's always the not, guy. Not one of them have made it. Yeah, always <laughs> the guy. I want to be on the boat with the guy who wants to go to well, Ireland. Well, do you think on every other boat, there was a guy who, Dude. if he had survived... They would have just been named after him. Yeah. yeah. Each boat had a guy. Yeah. <laughs> or a woman. Or yeah. A woman. Oh, yeah. Because uh, on board are his wife, his four chieftain sons, and others. And Not others. important <laughs> enough to mention. <laughs> you know, there's a few others. <laughs> on their way to Ireland, they passed by a tower of gold. And nice. in their greed, they tried to capture it. But a storm blew up and blew them away from the tower. 
during their time in Ireland, the Namibians cleared 12 planes. So they, Jesus. They did more again. And there was only four before. Two royal forts and four lakes and bursts from the ground. Oh, and four lakes burst from the ground. There we go. Uh, they also win four battles against, against the Fomorians. these Fomorians these I damn were, were they magical pirates. no no kill battles again no I'd say they were just slaughtering these butchered uh, these animals who kept coming on Fomorians modern scholars oh yeah we've said this already that mm-hmm. they're natural so uh, I'd say they were sort of some group of sea traders supposedly they kind of their hub was Tory Island off the coast of Donegal there beautiful that's where they kind of they amassed their peoples so when they won, Nemed was victorious against the Fumerians. Uh, he made them build him a beautiful fortress uh, based off the wonderful Tower of Gold that they saw. So supposedly another tale is, you know the way Ireland has been split into four now, that mm. he actually got one tower, one beautiful fortress for each of the four zones. Dang. Yeah, then that... Um, I find the names of them supposedly they even know the names of these four people who Ooh. built these towers probably not correct but go uh, on very legend of Zelda the mm. new game whatever Breath of the Wild Breath of the Wild <laughs> sponsor if, man <laughs> Nintendo it. hit us up yeah come on <laughs> uh, it was so beautiful that Nemed killed the craftsmen who worked on it so that they could never build its equal for anyone else that's, oh, that's crazy so Nemed w- sounding a bit like the most totalitarian Nomad was so basically he was just a he had no care for people really yeah except prosperity he wanted to murder people and golden towers yes the Fermerians had their revenge after Nemed and many others die from a plague more plagues yep and put terrible taxes on his people demanding a third of everything they produce including their children (gasps) yeah supposedly there was a certain time of the year they had to give um, three whatever bags of wheat three bags of milk and it says here two thirds of their children, even though we just said one third. So I say every one of every three children you had to give over to the Fomorians. So again, these mm. Fomorians kind of I know Nemed was bad, but these Fomorians just sound like they're animals. Oh no, definitely. They're yeah. always dressed in black ah, and covered like in blood. Yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly um, like that. But uh what was it? So they treat Very the they treat the Nemedians horribly. They tax them horribly. They do all this. Yes, yeah, so they're a dim memory of sacrifice offered at the beginning of winter when the powers of darkness and blight is in the are in the ascendant. That's very interesting. We're going to get eventually to a guy in future episodes called Krom Kruok. Mm. And it sounds very really close to that. So close to that. Watch watch out. Uh, eventually, the Nemeds decide to rise up against the Fomerians and attack the Tower of Conad. Conand, who would have Conand. been one of the king of the Fomerians. With 60,000 warriors. 30,000 on the sea and 30,000 on the land. I never thought of Irish battles being on the sea, which is great. Yeah, it's mad, but they're all up. This is all up around the Donegalish area. Fair. Mork then attacks. Who's Mork? Is is he? Mork is one of the Fomorians. Of course, with a name like Mork, he'd have to be. Sound, listen to it. (laughs) And almost Mork the Orc. (laughs) 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 Who used the spork. And almost all the Nemedians are either killed in battle or swept away by the sea. Ephemerians had a close relationship with the sea and when they asked it rose up and overwhelmed the Namidians killing all but two small groups so that stands to what you were saying Aaron of, of the Fumerians being almost like uh, symbols of natural, deities yeah natural I also heard in, there's another version of the story where the Fumerians weren't really in control of this kind of wave and also got wrecked by it as oh. well so Ireland again was kind of left left kind of unstable oh, yeah, not a lot of people t- laying claim to it only one ship of 30 men escapes some of them go into the north of the world some go to Britain 
and become the ancestors of all Britons, and some go south to Greece. So uh, this split here is very important for later. That split, yeah. This Remember so that. some of them go north to Loch Land, they call it this kind of land in the north of Ireland. If you try to think where that might be, lands north of Ireland, mm-hmm. and some go to Greece, and we'll see those again later. Uh, and Maybe. just to fill you in, Tuan, if you're all wondering what happened to him. Tuan or Finton or both and are they the same? Probably. Probably. Uh, he get becomes low, a lone human guarding the land. He grows hairy, clawed and grey. He witnesses the invasion of Nemed, who he says was his father's brother, and woke up one day to find himself reborn as a, victor- uh, a victorious, a vigorous young stag. Uh, the ancient stang... Wa- stang? Stang? <laughs> watched the Nemedians perish and was once again reborn into a young wild boar and became king of the boar herds there we go uh, so yeah now we have to wait another while so there's just been a big old battle and everyone is kind of dying out we gotta wait for these escapees to go away and prosper and come yeah. back again so Luke Chewing you got any off. more words yeah Chewin's looking beautiful as that weed that big hairy man over there yeah. why is he just looking at <laughs> us just staring I think it's just us three on this he, island he now be, man he could have a custard cream if he wanted um, you got custard cream I got, I got him in my back Damn. pocket um, that's what gave them all the plague <laughs> they weren't ready for it um, their systems couldn't <laughs> process custard what cream is this? <laughs> um, what oh I had a word in front of me I apologise um, Strocking and streeling. It's at dirty work or unprofitable work. Oh. So I'm streeling away here and strocking. That's interesting. Uh, That's cool. Anything else? Also, yeah. Buakin. Old, an old can opened out and fasted. Uh, fasted. An, an old can opened out and fastened onto a wandering cow's forehead as a blind or blinkers. So, yeah. Interesting. So. I like this one, man. A spog. He put his big spog down on my toe. His clumsy foot. His big clumsy toe. So if someone has a big clumsy foot, a spog. Interesting. I think there's someone coming, man. It's been about, what, 230 years, roughly? 130 years. Someone's coming. So Who's here? Oh, uh, Who is it? There appear to be little men with pot bellies, sacks on their backs. It's they brought the sacks with them? <laughs> yeah, they had to, Dan. There was no time. The Fuhrer Pogues. No. Uh, so these are the ones that went to Greece. And uh, they were immediately enslaved once they went back to Greece, which is gas, uh, as in upsetting mm. when I say gas. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they were known as the Fuhrer Pogues because of the sacks, the heavy loads they carried on their backs that their masters would make them work all day long. Mm. Uh, the Fuhrerbogs kept their spirits up through the generations by telling uh, each other stories of Ireland, their homeland. Uh, yeah, so like while yeah. they, with these Nemedians who fled when they lost to the Fomorians, went to Greece, they all kind of clung together, still spoke the language between each other, kept the stories, kept the history going, and they were like, one day we're going to make it back to that island. Um, one day we got to get back home when we're strong enough. The book alleges that they escaped Greece on the same day that the Egyptians, I mean, the, the Israelites. Israelites, yeah, escaped Egypt. Forget about all that. That's a load of donkey <laughs> nonsense. Um, but yeah, uh, it's mad to think, Aaron, that these are the same people 230 years ago that, uh, essentially the Namidians, weren't they? They were Namidians, yeah. So, Tutu the Danan are our whole people who went up to the mystical lands up north are technically of the same people. They're of the, the same ilk, and it's insane how in this 230-year period their appearances have completely changed. 
but I guess it does make sense. We'll go. We'll explain what the two hitted and may look like that after. But the Firbolg are your more European style people you'd imagine, mm. or Egyptian style, where they're kind of short, darker skin, sallow skinned, mm. dark hair, dark eyes. Uh, the Firbolg understood how power can corrupt. So they designed a political system in Ireland where power would not be concentrated into one place, which I like a lot. Mm. Instead, the land was divided, four provinces and each to be ruled by a king and a fifth province at Tara, where the high king would rule from and where each province could send their wisest and most skillful delegates to meet his Irishmen and advise the high king and take counsel from his druids at Ushnek. Uh, Fintan MacBochra uh, watched all of this happening and approved. He introduced himself to the Firbolg. And help them fight off the Fomorians. There we Beautiful. go. This place, Ishnuk, where they would meet, supposedly Eru, the goddess Ireland is named after, is buried there. And Lug, one oh. of the Tuatha uh, kind of Irish warrior gods, is also said to be buried there. So these Fyrbolg, they came to Ireland. There was five of them in total, five kind of leaders. So four between the counties, and then they appointed one as like the central, the high king who mm. kind of ruled it all together. And they were pretty good for a while. And they were keeping the country going. They were settling it. They were able to manage, I guess. It's exciting that, as someone pointed out in one of the articles I was reading, this is the first definitive one we can say... Some of us are descendant yeah, of. Yeah, are descendant yeah. of them that you'll see in the descriptions and stuff. So that's really cool. That is class. Uh, so some of you out there, I myself may be a fear bulk. Mm-hmm. Insane. I wish we could trace our yeah. ancestry. Do you think, uh, what was it, twenty three and Me dot com has Fearbog <laughs> as one of the one of the? They're able to digitize you with a big sack on your back. Oh, and a big pot <laughs> belly. So they were settled in Ireland for a good while, and then we have the two Hade Danon. So at the same time as those Nemedines fled Ireland and went to Greece, other settlers went to. Loch Lan, which is said to be Scandinavia, more specifically Norway or Sweden. Mm, of course they become gods up there. So they went up there and they absolutely prospered. Rather than becoming enslaved, they were able to set up colleges, institutes, they were able to like work on all the crafts. They come to Ireland in dark clouds and land on Sleeve on Iran in Leitrim. Imagine that. Them so <laughs> supposedly, supposedly, what happened was they arrive in Donegal and ensure they have this shroud of mist that covers them, and they're able to make it as far as Sleevaniran before anyone notices that they're actually ah. Here. So they get to Donegal yeah, first. Yeah, yeah. That makes a bit. They're more able sense. to like crowd themselves and make it as far as this place before anyone's like, "Oh God, there's another race of people here." Uh, there's a great. I don't know where it's from, but it is uh, a quote. This is a part of a poem. Oh, is it mm. beautiful? Um, don't know who wrote it have it is no God source. who suffered them though he restrained them they landed with horror with lofty deed in their cloud of mighty combat of spectres upon a mountain of Conmachna of Connacht without distinction to discerning Ireland without ships a ruthless course the truth was not known beneath the sky of stars whether they, whether they were of heaven or of earth so cool. these people they had Fed Ireland, made it to Scandinavia and set up shop there for a while where they prospered. And when they came back to Ireland, in comparison to the Fearbulg, they were tall, they had sallow skin, they had fairish, blondish hair and blue eyes. So they are that kind of Scandinavian image that yeah, you paint yourself. 
they were more they were more <laughs> like that ilk where in the Fearbulg were your more kind of shorter European darker skin darker hair darker everything like that and they brought treasures they had treasures so they were they were masters of so many different things will we go into a a nice listing now of the four jewels of the four treasures the four treasures so they had four of these fantastic cities in Lachlan up in Scandinavia named Phalias Gorias Phineas and Murias it even sounds a bit Scandinavian doesn't it does it? and it sounds like Elvish to me as well man I love that we have the nice English translation for me there <laughs> for <laughs> Phalias Stone of Fal or Leah Fal or Fal uh, so, yeah so each city had a treasure Ooh. And the treasure of Phalias was the stone of Fal, Leofal. And it would cry out beneath the king who took the sovereignty of Ireland. It was supposed to be located near the hill of Tara in County Mead. That's cool. So That's, yeah, so only if the real king stood on it would it scream. And I think Ooh. the reason, supposedly the tale of that stone is that Coo Collins stood on it and it didn't scream, so he split it in two. Ah! He was like, damn, this stone, it's not saying I'm the king, and broke it. Damn. Mm. Um, very like the uh, things from Berserk, I can't remember. Yeah, the, the uh, oh, you keep going, I'll we'll come back to it. Yeah, uh, so then the, why the are they, Behalith. why are they, oh, Behalith, there we go. Why is there a poet assigned to each item, Aaron? Did so each city had its poet, ah. and each kind of city also had its like specialty. I Very love medieval. I love it too, man. It's really, really cool. Um, Gorius, or the second one, it's the Spear of Lug or Lug. You might have heard of this if you've looked into any of the... Uh, the Irish gods. Yeah. No battle was ever sustained against it or against the man who held it. So essentially this spear is... It is the spear of the light god, if you think about it. So obviously it's going to be like... It's an unstoppable OP. spear. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the next one after that, Findius or Phineas... No one ever escaped from it once it was drawn from its sheath. This is the, the sword, sword of, of light. light. Yeah, man, this made me think of Zelda so much. It obviously. is very much that. And no one could resist it. The sword also described in the Chain Tain legend as Nuadus. Nuadus, Nuadus, Canal, and Nuadu was the king of the Tuatha and when they arrived in Ireland at the time. Damn. And the last one was the Cauldron of the Dagda, which is pretty cool. Mm. Uh, no company who ever went away from it, uh, unsa- no company ever went away from it unsatisfied. I like that one. That's man. really cool. That is class. Have a drink from it, and it sounds similar to something we were talking about. Like, weren't we talking about Gobnu's party? Gobnu, yeah. yeah. So Gobnu is one of the two of the Denon, So I wouldn't be surprised if this was his his cauldron that he used. Oh, imagine if that was the city he. Mm, yeah. So these people, these two of the Denon, when they were in uh, Lachlan, they were kind of masters of the magic arts they embraced druidry which or sorry druidry yes which is druiduct they had knowledge which is fis prophecy fortuna which sounds like fortune which is funny mm. and skill in magic which is a monshukt so all they they all arrived at all these kind of special gifts and skills to this island mm. and when they landed they wanted they met uh the fearbulg and just wanted to split the island in two that was their want. They were like, look, there's plenty of this island for both of us. Why don't we not fight each other? We have one half of the island, you have the other half, and let that be that. 
Which is amazing considering that they had all those weapons. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You could have easily taken it from them. So supposedly in comparison to the Fear Bulk, the Fear Bulk had big brutish weapons. Their spears were meant to be big and heavy and at the end of them it wasn't a tip. It was more like a kind of a rounded slice kind of a ah. thing. Whereas in these had like nice fine... Um, pokey... Pokey spears so- with a point on them and they were lighter and all this. So the Fear Bulk are on this island... And they they sent out their champion, Thrang. And Thrang is to meet the Tuha De Danon champion, who is Bress. And these two kind of soldiers, they're like the best soldiers of each side, decide to meet each other. Mm. And when they meet each other, they're kind of, they're hesitant. They look at each other with hostility. But then Brass of the uh, Tuha De Danon is the first to speak. And when he speaks, Thrang realizes that he's speaking in the same tongue that Thrang speaks. Because if we remember, both of them are descendants of the Nemedians, just ones went north and the other ones went to Greece. Mm. So they decide to chat and they compare each other's gear and weapons and they're impressed with each other. And So Bress comes with the idea that he wants to, the two of the Danon want to split the island with the Fearbolg. So Srang reports back to his king, King Eakid of the Fearbolg. But just so happens that King Eakud the night before had had this horrible dream of mm. these invaders coming and taking the land and when he went to the druids the druids said that, that wasn't a just a dream that's a prophecy and they're going to come and fight so the Fearbolg decided we're going to hold our ground and fight these two Adedanon and the two Adedanon decide okay well we didn't want to fight but that's we're going to have to fight that's isn't it yeah. Mm, yeah exactly so they both prepare for battle and I find this, there's one fact interesting about their battles they both decided that look we will always have the same amount of warriors on each side when we fight. Ah. Even if you have 10,000 warriors and we have 5,000 warriors, only 1,000 at any given time should fight each other on a given day. So fair. Mm. Yeah, that's They tried nice. to be fair about Chivalric. who gets to take the island. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I assume, yeah, that you did the Danon are... The two of the Danon are superior. Victorious. They win. But not without their king, Nuida, being his arm being taken off by the um, by Shreng, who is the main Top. warrior of the yeah. fear bulk so he's replaced by breast breast is champion yeah for morian so as you remember those were the sort of sort of evil we call guys. them as evil because we don't really know what they are but they all they're always there and they're always fighting <laughs> do you know what i think of and it's handy for people even though i don't know much about i think of them as almost the fomarians as almost the like lockies and stuff of, yeah you know what i mean yeah like, yeah yeah so they're mischievous but yeah he's half for morian so you know good bad uh, he mistreat he mistreats his peoples though. People uh, thought he was going to bring the Fomorians and the two Hedidana together, but instead he lent more towards the Fomorians. Yeah, and neglects uh, his kingly the duties. The yes, unfortunately. Uh, this may reflect the occasional supremacy of the powers of blight, e.g., the Fomorians. The Fomorians over the powers being of essentially they're always painted as the evil or yeah. the dark or Saruman, Saruman's forces. And yeah. <laughs> After seven years, Dion Kecht. Uh, the physician and Kredna, the metalsmith, replaced Nuida's hand or arm with a working silver one. That's I've seen class. other things that just said they were like fixed his arm magically, but I like the idea of him having a silver arm. Having a arm. silver arm, yeah. Uh, and he retakes the kingship. Uh, they then fight the Fomorians in the second battle of Moitura. Uh, Balor, the Fomorian, he's Balor of the Evil Eye. I mm-hmm. remember Evil Eye of our first episode we talked about. Um, Balor kills Nuida, but Balor's grandson. Luke kills him and becomes king. There but we isn't go. Isn't that mad that Luke? So Luke, Luke's sword was one of the 
treasures, was one of the treasures alive already. This, yeah. That's the thing with these gods. It's hard to know timelines. It don't really make too much sense. It doesn't matter, sense. I suppose, yeah. to them. Yeah. yeah. So that's... Uh, and that gets us up to... That was their... So they both, yeah. the both leaders are kind of killed. So what happens is the two of them emerge victorious. And it is said then that the fear bulk either fled the island... But it seems more likely that they were told, look, you can have Connacht. Yeah. So stay in Connacht. <laughs> it's always And they did. Connacht. They gladly took Connacht. And what I find very cool, some of you may remember this. There's a play from your history books. There's a place in Connacht called Dune, Dune Angusa. It's at the edge of a cliff. And they have this, um, the backs of the cliff. And then they have semicircular walls built out around it. So they, it's pretty good fortifications. But if you remember... I don't know if you remember, man, in the history books, you remember seeing this picture where they had this fort and all these sharp rocks outside it, mm-hmm. like planes of all these rocks yeah. that would make it very difficult. Supposedly that was one of the Fear Bowls kind of Defense headquarters mechanism. in Connacht. That's so there true. we go. So the Fear Bowls lost, but they weren't wiped out, and that's why some of us are descendants of these Fear Bowls. And the two Hede Danon were our Scandinavian kind of ancestry. But then I think because they arrived with such incredible technology, they became the gods, essentially. Yeah. Like all the all the generations after these people looked at them were like, they were so incredible. Let's worship them and revere them. I like to That's wonder as well if that was the way they made, did that retroactively in the Book of Invasions. And if originally mm. the story was just, oh, the two did that and were like, gods. Gods. Actual, gods. Abs- but we don't actual know. Actual gods. Yeah, we don't know. I like both. Mm-hmm. So Ireland's happy out at the minute, man. Two of the Danon are there, the Fear Bulger are there. They're kind of getting on after their fights. So let's yeah. just chill for a bit. Well, let's read a few words. More uh, words? Oh, nice. Yeah. You got words? <laughs> I'm going to teach them some words. <laughs> um, this is the funniest one. Onions, ingins, or inions? Ingings. This is, has always existed for me, man. Ingings. Uh, my, my dad, dad would have calls said them ingins, yeah. Ingings. Um, I think it's great. I wonder if that sounds like what something the fear bugs would be saying. No, I don't Ings. know. Ings. Yeah. <laughs> um, overwrite. Uh, he made a show of me overwrite. Uh, the, overwrite the whole crowd. As in, I don't know what that means. I think he essentially Over- convinced the whole crowd. Like he made a fool of me in front of all yeah. the whole crowd, you know. And then, f- I like this, fornenced. Uh, there was a, a manure heap right fornenced the door. So fornenced. like right against it, I'd say. That's a bad place to have a manure heap, I'd Pronounced, say. Yeah, yeah, not ideal. Um, other than that, no. Uh, I think I think we we don't have time as as our travellers are fast approaching. They're fast approaching, and these are probably the boys that we are. And now we have it, our final contestants, our final people, Malaysians. the Malaysians. Welcome aboard. So, these Malaysians are probably who most of us are descendant from. Mm. most of us who are like purebred Irish I guess you would say yeah. these Milesians or Fearbulk are our We're ancestors all descendant from tired out Fintan <laughs> Fintan is wrecked he <laughs> has been non-stop going making kids for <laughs> thousands of years and we're all here now um, but yeah so the Milesians uh, it starts with Ith who inspired Ireland from the top of Briogan's tower sails to the island with a group of men he travels to Eilach Gnaeth, where he meets Ireland's three kings, McQuill, MacKecht, and MacGrania of the Tuatha Dé. How do you say it when it's shorthand? Tua. Tua Dé. Thank you. 
Uh, however, he's killed by an unnamed attacker and his me- his men return to Iberia. Yeah, so supposedly he was mortally wounded and he died on the way back to Iberia. Uh. So these are meant to be the Gales, these Milesians, and their kind of origin is they were in that kind of east of Europe part of Kazakhstan, all that area. Supposedly, their reason for travelling from there to Ireland was based off one of their one kid in their group who was being one of the kind of um they of course their kids are there were meant to be descendants of Noah and all this stuff again so you can exclude all that kind of stuff <laughs> keep it in mind but but keep it in mind here we go so Gadelius was bitten by a snake and he was going to die and his father was one of the son kings one of the king's sons took him to Moses. Moses cured him and said, This boy will prosper in a land where no venomous snake should live or can live or will live. And that the is only Ireland. place in the world that, that is is Ireland. <laughs> so they travelled east for generations upon generations and finally they chilled out in Spain for a while and that's where they saw Ireland and they're like, That's it. <laughs> I can see from here there's no snakes on that <laughs> island. I can't hear it. We, we gotta go. So they decided Ireland is our place. That's it. That's where we, we set up shop. And is that why Eith is spying or is that just some I think Eith was other? just on a tower and he just... I think by the word spy it just means he saw it. I don't no. think he was there with I, a I was years huge. gone. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if spying was <laughs> that kind of spying. my time. <laughs> uh, well, I read this quote here. Do it. For generations, the people of the goddess... Ruled Ireland. This is the two of the gods, I guess. Uh, Building on all that had gone before them. There came a time when the High King died and his three sons were quarrelling over which of them should be a king after him. And on the brink of civil war, uh, they asked advice from a wanderer, an old man called Ith, who had seen Ireland from the top of a tower in northern Spain. Ah. Mm. Eith advised them to follow their own laws and praise the land all about them but he praised it so well that the two of the Danon grew nervous thinking he was looking with the eye of a conqueror oh. and they killed him with no more propagation than that and the thing well, was whenever I imagine him I imagine him so old and feeble and nice. oh really <laughs> yeah, and he's in love with the land Gorgeous. He loves everything. He's like, this country's so good. Like, wait a minute. You like this place too much. We're yeah. going to have to kill you. Sorry. Yeah. But he was right. And in a way, it's just like the Fear Bulg and the Tuhede Danon. By the Tuhede Danon killing this man, they incited these yeah. conquerors coming and winning. Don't be the greedy Malaysians. with the Ireland. There we go. Don't get um, greedy with the Ireland. <laughs> There's plenty for everyone. <laughs> uh, the Gael set sail with a great force to avenge uh, his death and take Ireland. Um, they are referred to here as the son of Mil Espan. Mil España. Uh, or Malaysians. Malaysians. Milady. Um, the name uh, comes from the Latin uh, Mile. Mile Hispa- Miles Hispane, which is soldier of Hispania. Cool. So it's meant to say that they're soldiers of Spain, but they traveled, they were just chilling in Spain for a few years few generations maybe they weren't Spanish Spanish yeah but we came from there that uh, that area Mila Spain himself he died on the voyage did he he on did oh. he did unfortunately he never got to the land of snakeless grass unfortunately um, uh, well he's that Gadelius that kid who got bit by the snake he got oh. bit by the snake in 
that oh, east east area. Wrong. So yeah. it's been hundreds of years, but they have just been following that dream, that prophecy oh, of finding the land with land. Yeah, yeah, that's essentially it. Um, so this is when we finally meet uh, Amaragon, uh, who sang to the land and promised to honor it. Uh, he was obviously the sons of son of. Mealy Spain and he all these He seems boys. to be the OG. Yeah. And really seems to have, we'll get to that, but I think he has Ireland in, in mm. good favour. He likes it. Uh, truces were made and then broken. Uh, and at last, the sons of Meal faced the two of the Danon in battle of the plains of... Tiltu. Tiltu. Something like that. Taltu. Uh, the people of the goddess were defeated. Their kings and queens were slaughtered and many more were slaughtered in their route. Uh, as their defeat uh, as their defeated army were driven uh, all the way to the sea, the, disvi- disi- the survivors decided not to stay, where they would not uh, have to pay taxes and tributes to their conquerors, the Gaels. Uh, so the people of the goddess retreated under the hills of Ireland to the rivers and wild places. There we go. To live out their immortal lives in and peace. And that's where they become the ace she, supposedly. Which is that's who we are talking about all the time. All the time, that's our transition. And there we go. From From then until now, we are... The Milesians. That's it. It's a thick story, history, isn't it? It is a thick history. Where we go into, are we extra? You see, there's a lot more we could say about Amaragon, but it's almost. I think we thick. could. So when Amaragon arrived first, they landed at the estuary of Inverse. How would Inverse Skenna, which yeah. again, Kinmare area. Damn, they all love coming in that way. Uh, Kinmare's lovely. It's <laughs> good seafood chowder. It's <laughs> that's, what, that's the first thing they had when they arrived. Uh, so. He arrives there anyway, and when he arrives, he meets the three queens of the Tua, the Danon, uh, Banba, Eru, and Fola, and they have a wee competition. The three mm. women ask Amaragon, they say, we're the goddesses of Ireland, uh, to which the land is named. So essentially, Amaragon has to quickly decide... Almost. Which one? Yeah, it's like the start of a video game. Do you want the island to be called Banba, yeah. Eru, or Fola? And obviously, we can assume, knowing that we call Ireland Eru, Eru. Now, that they won. But apparently, poets still, the same way poets in England call Great Britain Albion, uh, we can call Ireland Banba. And I like that name. Banba and Fola. Fola. I think it's incredible. I hadn't heard about those until we started doing research for this podcast as a whole. But yeah, Eru, the goddess... She won, and she was married to the king Macrena. And if we know, um, Angrian is the son. So Macrena was of the son, so he would have been probably the sun god at that time. Yeah, oh, I have them listed somewhere that Makul and Makekt, they're essentially... Makul was the hazel, so the tree, the kind of land, and Makekt was the The working plow. of the land, yeah, yeah, the plow. So if you think about it, it's a great... The goddesses and their husbands are almost like a, a microcosm of the of Ireland and mm. almost how we how we make it successful here yeah. has been use, utilizing natural resources to to plow and 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 uh, cut yeah. down the trees and stuff like that. Uh, amazing. Um, so when Amaragon, I think he has a sound sus to him when. Uh, so when he he kind of was almost like a diplomat of the Milesians to the mm. Tuatha Dé so he wanted to sort of set up the rules of engagement. Like, how are we going to sort this conflict? We want this island. Mm. You're on the island. Uh, how to go about this. So he was the impartial judge, yeah. 
and the Milesians agreed to leave the island and retreat a short distance back into the ocean beyond the ninth wave. Yeah, for so, some reason the two of them then and were like, look, to start this, get off the island first and come back. And then we'll start. <sighs> yeah, you have had too much, man. Go get a coffee and come back. Go away and come back the and then we'll start for real. <laughs> uh, so they go past the ninth wave, which is a magical boundary. As we've sort of seen as things go along, the two Hua the Danon and the Fomorians seem to have a control of nature, which, which yeah. the Gales did not. Uh, so upon a signal, they moved towards the beach, but the druids of the Dua the Danon raised a magical storm to keep the lads from reaching there we land. Go. However, Amaragon sang an invocation calling upon the spirit of Ireland that has come to be known as the Song of Amaragon, and he was able to part the storm and bring his ship safely to land. Uh, remember we brought up earlier in our afterlife episode, Amerigan and Don. So Don would have died during this ninth wave. Crack. Yeah, this was it. This is when he was off the coast and when he died. So there were heavy losses on both sides on, uh, with more than uh, one major battle. But the Milesians carried the day. Uh, the three kings of the two of the Danon were each killed in single combat by three of the surviving sons of Mil, Aberfin, Eremon er- and Amerigan. Uh so here is the song of Amergon as said by Lady Gregory. Lady Gregory. I am the wind on the sea. I am the wave of the sea. I am the bull of seven battles. I am the eagle on the rock. I am a flash from the sun. I am the most beautiful of plants. I am a strong wild boar. I am a salmon in the water. I am a lake in the plain. I am the word of knowledge. I am the head of the spear in battle. I am the god that puts fire in the head, who spreads light in the gathering of the hills. Who can tell the ages of the moon? Who can tell the place where the sun rests? That's so, cool, man. That's what he said. So Immersion had this great power of speech, and he was able to claim Ireland, take Ireland from the two of the Dan, and he won. He rallied his troops. He stopped their magic with his own magic, and he he's the mad boss man. He is... I love that he ruled it, yeah, just with pure intent. He was just... I, uh, he I did, and supposedly it's unfortunate that he was killed two years later by one of his brothers. <laughs> when they all when they all got on, the brothers were all fighting amongst each other, and he was unfortunately killed. Ah, and he's buried in Drogheda, isn't he? He's buried in Drogheda. Drogheda, Drogheda. In Millmount, and if you ever look at pictures of Millmount, it is this old fort, big old fort. Ah. It looks very cool. So at the end of, of all this, they say that I think Finton and Tuan get together and chat. They chat about just all this. And they decide, you know what? I hear St. Patrick's coming. Let's get out of here. Do you think that's who we are in this whole story? Yeah. <laughs> this man, he's so little crack. This place is going to be so different once the St. Patrick arrives. Let's get, Let's get out of here. Let's have some fun in the other world where they're actually still cool and. <laughs> Yeah. Magical and not going around with this all cross and papery, <laughs> papery body. Uh, <laughs> papery body. <laughs> um, who was your favorite of the of the pioneers? The two of the Danon man. Oh, of I absolutely love the two of the. I Danon. don't even know why I ask because that's my answer too. The four, oh, the four things. The two of the Danon are our Irish gods, as the Olympians are the Greek gods, and I feel like that is not known enough by yeah. enough people. Like. Bridget, who eventually was 
claimed by the Catholic Church to be Saint Bridget is one of the two Hadidan and she was a god of spring, a god of poetry. So a lot of these things existed before mm. they got their hands on them and they were these two Hadidan. And that just shows how effective the suppression of Irish history and culture yeah. has worked in those last 500 years by the British. Um, Fair play to it's you. You fucked us. <laughs> <laughs> it's our, it's our um, job as well. It sees. That's me. Oh. oh no! Oh no! The place Ireland is coming apart see. around no. us. Uh, no, yeah, it's it it's we decide if we want to dredge it up and to learn it again. So it's great that we can, mm. and it's great that these um these resources are available to us. Absolutely. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this crash course episode. It was on a the Book of very fast and a lot of information, but it's a rough. Very rough, sometimes false history of Ireland, but it's cool to see it. And it's an investment. Now, when you listen to further episodes by us, you're going to have such a background in Going to have context, exactly. You're going to know where you came from. Ask your parents, are you a fear burger or a Malaysian? And when they look at you with confusion, (laughs) look at them with confusion, scream, why don't you know? Send a link. Who am I? (laughs) Send a link to the pod to them. Uh, Figure out who they are. But um, there we have it. Thanks for listening to another episode. Thank you to Gareth Quinn Redmond for the delicious music. Ashley Larkin for that design. Sweet design. It's so cool looking. So cool looking. My guy. Um, follow us on the the socials. We're on Instagram, Pitch Rogues Podcast. We're on Facebook, Pitch Rogues Podcast. Get us on all those things. Uh, follow us. Share us to our friends. Share it to your friends, your family. Just get the podcast to people. We were recently, we charted. We charted recently, didn't we? We So, <laughs> I got an email from Apple Podcasts, and they told us that we were number 69 on the Arts Irish it's a very section of section. the Apple <laughs> Podcast. So, we're Apple famous now. Um, Steve Jobs' ghost appeared to me that night, and I knew something was up. If uh, someone, a, a listener, emailed me another story... I'll send that uh, on to you, Aaron. Oh. Um, if you have any um, stories you've heard from your grandparents. Oh, I'm excited to hear that. Or anything, um, make sure to send it on to our email. I believe it's pishrogspodcast Podcast. at gmail.com. Amazing. Uh, send that on to us there, or if you feel free to drop us a DM either. Hit drop us a up. DM. Uh, other than that, uh, keep safe, keep well, keep reading about stuff so that your mind doesn't turn to mush. There you go. Embrace Irish culture, embrace Irish heritage. Go back past all the weird British fighting stuff. There's a lot of lovely stuff back there, too. Mm. Start drinking out of that golden tube. Oh, let's all go suck in the golden tube! Oh, he doesn't know! <laughs>